You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence, Collision Specialists, 631-261-6420. That's 631-261-6420. Auto Excellence. Luzi energy drink. Yeah, it's that good. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode four of the O Spot with your host, Ona Z. Hello. And the last time we left off, we were talking about the industry revolutionizing the business. I was actually watching an interview with you the other day. They were talking about doing your scenes uh, back in the day when you were doing scenes. And that was that sometimes you had an out-of-body experience where you would kind of like leave the business on set you wouldn't bring it home with you but you would have an out-of-body experience where you would be able to enjoy the experience for what it was you remember i do i one particular time we were actually doing um more of a movie mm-hmm. and i had a lot of dialogue which they always gave me a ton i'm so sorry no, let me have the phone mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll just yep. 
disconnected. Excuse me. Come from New York, NY. Shoot, I'm so sorry. New York, NY. Just stop. Okay, I'm back. Um, I felt like I felt like I was actually the character, mm -hmm. and I was no longer Ona, and I was just this person, who, whoever I was, and I didn't have to remember the lines. I didn't have to remember anything. I just had this out-of-body experience where I was the character mm -hmm. and I had that a couple of times it was very strange but you know when I came out of it it was like snapping too and then all of a sudden I remembered who I was mm -hmm. and that was it was a little scary it was a little bit scary because it threw me off but it was very interesting to be in that place so talk about some of the male performers you did scenes with. Who are some of your favorite male performers to work with? Well, I think my favorites were uh, Richard Pachenko, who eventually left the business and he wasn't happy. Um, he didn't feel that he got what he deserved. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what that is, but um, he was very angry and... Um, but he was, a, he was good because he was an actor. Um, John Leslie was great because he was a director and an actor. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, I don't know that you know this, but he died suddenly. Mm -hmm. He was uh, writing on his computer and he just had a heart attack and keeled over. Wow. Yeah, it was very sad. And um, who else? Um, there weren't too many others that I think were my favorite. Mm -hmm. I think I wasn't attached. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of women get attached to certain men mm -hmm. and I really wasn't attached. I mean, I just didn't, whoever it was, it was. Do you feel like you could have been, okay. So an ordinary day in Onazi's life in the industry, did you feel like you were able to be more expression I would say this more expressiveness through sexuality in your films or in personal life. Oh, definitely in films. Okay. I definitely could let go and, you know, have a lot of fun and do things I wouldn't do in my ordinary life. Although there was a period where I had a lot of fun and I had some friends and we had, you know, sex parties and, um it, that was a lot of fun too but more often than not I worked so much that I was able to really express myself in the movies that I was doing so offset would they have industry parties where people would come and say like have orgies or that yeah type of thing? I, I wasn't involved in that they did mm -hmm. I uh, was involved with a group of people who were it was an Indian tribe called Kwadoshka. Uh, and the chief of that tribe was Harley Swifter. And I worked a lot with him. 
and we had a lot of fun with him. And um, I learned the basics of sex through Kudoshka, which is uh, sex through the Cherokees. And there was a lot to do, a lot to learn, a lot to, you know, just a lot going on. And um, it was a very fun time in my life. So that's actually really interesting to me because it's like, okay, so people in America kind of have ordinary sex. They go through the motions. Like what, how do you explain the difference between their type of sex to our type of sex? Well, they do rituals Mm -hmm. and they take you back to the beginning of your being and do, you know, body imprints Mm -hmm. where they, put their hands on your body and they imprint you while you're remembering being birthed. And, um, oh gosh, it's been so long. Um, They do, they put people in circles and have you remember a time when you were totally free mm-hmm. and to experience that in the circle mm. and you know you can go crazy if you want <laughs> I mean not crazy but fun crazy right and um everybody had a different story and it brought out the best in them sexually um uh, we all had a different name. We were given a different name. I was Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else was Firebird, or and you had to live to your name. It's kind of like role playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. role playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Harley gave us those names because of what he saw inside of us. Okay. It was great. It was a great time. But all that was safe and everything. Okay. Did you ever, did you ever play, like, get into situations that were like role play situations while we're on that subject that became kind of strange or kind of awkward? Uh, yeah, there were times we were a lot more. (laughs) I mean, I'm not one to live in a tent, but, um, we would go up on, on a a journey, Mm -hmm. um, with him and some of the other people that lived with Harley. And we would be there for a weekend Mm -hmm. and, you know, live together and experience each other together. And we could make love with John Jones and Sally or with our partner Mm -hmm. or the four of us together. Mm -hmm. It was very loose. Mm. Very loose. So explain this part of the industry to people out there that may know about the adult the adult industry, but they really don't get the adult industry. And that is so in your prime, you had bookings in the United States of America were probably a lot safer than traveling internationally, but you obviously had international clients that would want you to come overseas to partake in whatever they were doing. So how do you protect yourself in those situations? Well, that's tough. I mean, I had a bodyguard I had to have because I could walk around and people would call my name and, 
you know, I was afraid that they would attack me or something. So um, many times I would try and coordinate seeing a fan or a group of fans when I was going to Canada mm -hmm. or France or Italy or whatever. And I would bring that person with me. So I would feel protected mm -hmm. because it was scary. I bet. And I had a couple of incidences. I was in a hotel where a fan came and um, it just happened to be the time where there was a sheik there. So there were bodyguards on other each side of the, you know, um, hall. Mm -hmm. And um, my bodyguard was not with me. It was early and the guy knocked on the door and I said no. And he pushed himself in. And I said, I'm going to call the police. And he said, fine, tell them what you do. I said, I'm fine telling them what, my, what I do. And um, I eventually opened the door and asked one of the, go the guys to take him out. But that, that was one really bad time. Um, you know, it's, you don't want to really upset someone but you do want to have boundaries mm -hmm. and uh people do have a tendency to get overexcited mm -hmm. and they want to grab you and tear your clothes off and do stuff like that so it really is important to have somebody with you it's expensive because you've got to pay for their travel and their time and everything but it's definitely worth it and because uh, you're getting off a plane in a foreign country like I got off the plane in Germany and there was news and people and you know they were grabbing at me and my bodyguard was able to fend those people off and that that helped me a lot mm -hmm. so you were kind of like this is interesting to say this but in some countries back then you were kind of considered like a goddess type of figure right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so did you ever find like your international fans were a lot more crazed or over excited as you said than your american fans oh yeah okay what was that type of experience like? Well, the American fans are more rude. Mm -hmm. They have a tendency to scream things out like, um, show me your ass, or, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, play with your tits, or, you know, they're just more rude. They're crude. The, um, or want to put their hand, you know, in or mm -hmm. rip your shirt off. The overseas fans are more polite but pushy mm -hmm. they want what they want mm -hmm. and they will go day after day until they get it and excuse me that's okay with me i don't mind that mm -hmm. um but they're persistent they're definitely persistent and i would finally say talk to john and he'll make arrangements for us to have a picture thing or take our pictures mm -hmm. so when you were booked overseas i say you were booked a week for feature dancing at a club like how would that process go like it's more like um in canada i got booked a lot at major stadiums mm -hmm. where there was like 1500 people 2000 people there mm -hmm. in Italy, I got booked for, for book signings, you know, stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, movie signings. There, people were, 
you know, Italy, as you know, is small. It, you know, it's, wherever you go, it's small. Right. And people were jammed in. Mm. So I'd be booked for a couple hours and it would go five, six, seven hours. Wow. Really long time. And then um, Paris, I did some movies in Paris and again, small areas. So um, after that, I would do a signing. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're looking at a 14 hour day. Right. Right. And um, Australia was very interesting because they didn't tell me I would be speaking mm. at Congress. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have my hair done. My makeup wasn't right. I, I had no idea. I said, what the fuck is going on? And they said, well, you're supposed to be. I said, well, you could have told me. That would have been intimidating, too. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had like the president had spoken, they had all these pictures on the wall. Turned out that I just told my story, like an AA story. Mm -hmm. And they had a really good time with it. But um, I was pretty upset that they had not made it clear. Out. Right. Yeah. It's three on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Just, you can handle it. Just wow. deal with it. And I think because of my age or my presence or whatever, a lot of people thought, oh, she could deal with it. Just throw her in there. Mm -hmm. And I, I really was not happy with that. What were the different like rules and regulations of the industry? Like if you shoot a movie in Europe or you shoot a movie in France, for example, or wherever you shot internationally, What's the major difference between shooting internationally and shooting domestically in the United States? I think in internationally, you can do anything you want. You don't need condoms. You don't need this. You don't need that. Um, you don't need to sign anything. America, you need to sign. You need to have a test. Uh, needs to be legitimate. And, you know, so many are not. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you just need, need to make sure that, you know, you're on the right page and it needs to be, you need a, if you're shooting in a house, you need a, um, which permit, permit. Mm -hmm. And so if the police come by, you need to make sure you have a permit. Right. And in France, you don't need anything. Okay. And in Italy, my experience was you pay people off and you're in good shape. And I think it's the same. I think Australia is a little tighter. Mm -hmm. um, Africa, they don't shoot movies. Okay. Um, as far as I know. Maybe now they do. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. Mm -hmm. Where was I? No, that was here. Mm -hmm. We were way out in the mountains, shot a movie. Um it's just a different culture. I mean, they don't have, it was, it's like the wild west. Mm. Okay. They don't have what we have. Right. The rules and regulations we have. They have nothing. Provisions to protect actors. That actually answers a question I've had for years. So John Holmes actually, after he was diagnosed with AIDS, actually went over to Rome and shot two more films while he had AIDS. And I was like, well, how do you do that? Well, now I know because there's no rules and regulations That's over right. there. Nobody cares. Wow. Here, uh, there was a guy, Jonathan, who started this whole thing. He had AIDS. He came forward. Mm -hmm. And then I 
called a meeting and said, John has AIDS, we can't shoot with him anymore. I mean, I said, we need to wear condoms. And people blacklisted me mm. and said I was crazy. And, da, 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 da. Wow. and John stood up and said, I have AIDS. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what happened to John. Mm -hmm. But John went to England, and I don't know if he shot there or he didn't or whatever, but yeah, you can go back to your, like in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Same thing. A lot of AIDS. Wow. They just shot bareback. Mm. That, those are those movies that are just um, no, no dialogue, no scripts, nothing, just okay. free form. So I think a lot of American audiences that watch adult films are under the impression that everything back in the day was protected, but obviously was not. Okay, that's that's the difference between nowadays, everything today is like, do as you please, do as you are. You know, they changed the industry completely that way. Right. But you were an innovator to try to bring those rules and regulations into the film industry because you were trying to protect the actors. Well, actually, yes. And finally, um, I met a doctor uh, he was a um, cosmetic surgeon and we agreed that we would start uh, like a, mo a mo mobile thing mm -hmm. and we would go around and test people mm. and we started that and Sharon Mitchell took that over mm -hmm. and she was a terrible addict and she was one of those people that had had her blood recircled recirculated wow and um i backed off and she got involved with his doctor and he he created um places where people could go get tested like mm -hmm. a 24-hour test mm -hmm. and you couldn't work without a test mm -hmm. and a lot of people f uh fudged their tests mm. well what good is that right and i refused to shoot without a test that's a smart thing to do because you're protecting yourself and everybody around you. I know there was an actor named Mr. Marcus a couple of years ago that actually tested positive for gonorrhea and he manipulated his tests. So he went on the scene. The producers thought he was clear. Then they found out, wait a minute, something doesn't look right on this. So they called the clinic that he tested at and they were like, oh no, he tested positive for gonorrhea. So they had to shut the entire industry down while everybody got tested to make sure they weren't infected. Right crazy there's a lot of that and because so many couples at home are filming themselves mm -hmm. we don't know what they have mm -hmm. we don't know what they're doing and that is really a travesty that's that's the hard part of you know people going off and just having random sex mm -hmm. so do you think like the amateur genre amateur. like the home video market has kind of like flooded out the industry okay yeah i think it's been horrible for the industry mm -hmm. i think it's really taken us down in a big way i think you know um, adult films are adult films and they should stay that way and for some reason this home video stuff crept in there and actually i'm not interested in seeing that right yeah, because nobody is interested in seeing that. And as far as I'm concerned, you can see that anywhere. <laughs> I want to see the professionals. I want to see too. you. I want to see people like you. You know, that's what always enticed me to watch the, the films to begin with. I want to see the pretty people. Yeah, 1,000%. You know, so that's, that's um, 
as far as your era, they had scripts, they had budgets, they had actors who could actually act. Yeah, we had, you know, costume designers and set designers mm -hmm. and makeup artists. Mm -hmm. And listen, you know, a lot of those people weren't the nicest people in the world, but we had a movie set and it was really fun. It was so fun, Tim. Mm -hmm. It was, and it was, you know, for all of us who had worked in regular films and commercials and all of that, it was the same thing. It was just a spinoff. And, you know, we were professional. We knew what to do. We knew what time to show up. And, you know, look, there was like, I remember Keisha was like 18 years old running around in roller skates. <laughs> there was that too. They based her character, well, her character was an inspiration partly for Boogie Nights. Right. There was a character in there that had roller skates. And the last time we talked about that, I remember Roller Girl. They called her Roller Girl on Boogie Nights. Right. That's interesting. That was Keisha. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of wild people, you know, doing some crazy things. But for the most part, you know, you had your scenes, you, you had your stories. And that's what I shot. And that's what I shot for other people and for myself. Mm -hmm. Wow. So the days gone by of that to let's get a camera. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a producer. Let's shoot this scene. <laughs> has really like taken away a lot of elements. Well, from it the destroyed business. the industry because they were sold out of the back of this, you know, the car. Mm -hmm. And um, the Israelis came in and did that for us. Mm, okay. You know, what I was selling for $99, they were selling for 20 bucks out of the back of the car. And so it really took down the industry. Wow. That, that is really what did it. Wow. Yeah, because a lot of people wonder why the films of today's genre are not as quality as they used to be. And that's a large part of the reason right there. Large people, a lot of people started just filming in their own homes, like you said getting cameras, shooting their own scenes with no quality. There's only out. a few um, people, you know, uh, people that are uh, shooting quality films. Mm -hmm. And and they do well, mm -hmm. but you have to be prepared to lose money mm -hmm. because no matter how well they do, right, you're not going to make money. Right. You're just not. Mm -hmm. There's so many competition, so much competition out there. People still trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. Wow. Well, that's actually the end of episode number four on the O Spot with your host, Ona Z. So we're doing this in four people. <laughs> we'll be coming back with episode five shortly. See you soon. Stay tuned. All right, I'll go to the bathroom, change my clothes. Okay. This people okay, Tim, I'm going to end this one. <laughs>